When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was a bouncing in and laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view, hoping that we'd just hang on. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 47 of the Always Race Day podcast presented by the Carl Auto Group. Damon, I was driving right behind a guy with a Carl Auto Group sticker on the back of his car today. You know that? Were you really? Yep. Never once was I close to rear-ending him. Did you go up and wave at him? An excellent driver. I honked and like did like a little giddy wave, and he seemed to be really creeped out by that. Uh yeah, then I drove away, so. As majority of the population would. Right. All I'm saying, Carl Auto Group sells to excellent people. They know how to drive on the streets. They don't slam on the brakes when a red light approaches. They know what they're doing. They, they, uh, they sm- sell to smart drivers over at the Carl Auto Group. They present our podcast. They are our premier partners uh, here at alwaysraceday.com. So be sure uh, to support them. And if you buy from them, uh, maybe whisper in the salesman's ear. Tell them that Connor and Damon sent you from the Always Race Day podcast. Maybe. uh, Don't whisper. Just yell as you walk in the door. Oh, I like that better. As you walk in the door, just yell. You, yeah, you kick down the left front door, say, I'm here to buy a damn car. Always race day sent me. Just bust down. The, I like that much better than the whisper thing. Yeah, don't whisper. Whispering, it makes it creepy. <laughs> you might as well, if you're going to exert your presence, you might as well let everybody in the whole damn building know. All right. Well, you guys uh, make sure to go to carlotto.com if you are looking uh, for a vehicle to get you from point A to point B. Those guys can help you out. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Damon Helgewald for the latest episode of the podcast. And before we talk about uh, what's been going on with us, Damon, it's opening day. Are you excited? Happy opening day, man. Opening day for what? Baseball was last month. It's the Monster Jam World Finals. So the three-day season kicks off today. Mm, yeah. Um, and if you're listening this Friday, which you almost certainly are, then it kicked off yesterday. But it's the best three days of the year. Did not know that. That's what I would – top three events of the year. Third, Indy 500, second, Knoxville Nationals, first, Monster Jam World Finals. Okay. There you go. That's just what I'm feeling today. Could change. I, I'm sorry that you are you plan around three days out of the whole year just to be let down. Well, I don't have the money to go down to Orlando. I wish it was in Vegas, but that would probably be worse. So I don't know. I think Vegas would be cheaper to go to than Orlando. I I just wish we could have one Monster Jam World Finals in Jack Trice Stadium. 
maybe rip up the grass and and tear maybe. it up on the dirt down there we should have done it this year when they were replacing the turf exactly we've had nitro circus here before i see no reason why we couldn't have made a bid yeah they should have done it it's a centric location ton of monster jam fans in des moines i could tell you i went to one or 23 of them i was it's pretty packed stands honestly for a Sunday at like one o'clock or wherever the hell we went, whenever. Exactly it. Tom Mintz is on the poll. Well, not on the poll. He's holding the number one seed right now. This is going on live. This is all, uh, for, what am I trying to say? Fluctuant? Fluid. Yeah, that's it. I think I, I think I was thinking of a different word. Man, I'm getting my mind back though. I'm going to go play hockey this weekend. Got national uh, playoffs, so I'll be in Detroit, Michigan all weekend. Unfortunately, can't make the trip up to Farley, down to, over to Farley, whichever direction you want to call it. Uh, but it's multiple hours from me, so uh, we're leaving like late Friday night. There's no way I can make that happen. Um, but there will be more late model racing in Iowa uh, following Wednesday night's Castrol Flow Racing Night America Series event, uh, the first national tour late model race of the year in the state, um, and the first of many this summer. I wrote about it on alwaysraceday.com, obviously. It's the podcast you're listening to, so you probably know what it is, but uh, go check out that story. Damon, it's, uh, it was super cool. I mean, we need more lay model races. I in You know what's crazy though, Connor, is the state of Iowa alone has a bunch of late model races. We have two late model touring series in yeah. Iowa. Yeah, and I'm getting more acquainted to those. Uh, it's tough coming in and learning. Uh, I was walking around with Dustin Jarrett and Blake Anderson of Flow Racing, uh, walking the pits as I first got to Marshalltown on Wednesday. And those two guys, I mean, it, I like like just walking with people and learning from them. And these guys are just like, oh, this guy's here. And they rattled off the nickname and where they're from right away. And maybe they know a guy that's changing the tires for them. I guess that's tire changer isn't a real job in dirt racing. But you get you get what I'm saying. Um, and I, I'm like, I'm looking at them like, I've never even heard that name before. Yeah. And I think I watched 70 to 80 late model races a year. See, it was funny um, <clears throat> when Chris actually tweeted last night that you guys were there and and so i'm watching on flow and saw like todd cooney and jeff Akey. those are two names that i watched as a kid growing up with the uh dairy brothers summer series in uh, at the state fairgrounds i watched them we obviously chris saw them a lot when they went to adams county speedway um and they mentioned on the flow broadcast too, Blake Anderson did, because obviously he's uh, an Iowa guy, but uh, it was pretty cool. He mentioned Daryl DeFrance, who's a legend in late model racing in the state of Iowa. Another name that I watched grew up uh, when I was growing up uh, as a kid, we, you know, but it was always Jeff Akey, Daryl DeFrance, Todd Cooney, those kind of names uh, in the world of, or in the uh, world of late models in the, in the state of Iowa, it was, it was fun to watch those guys. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Blake, I think that's Blake's like home track. He grew up in Newton. So he always went there. I think it is his, his home track. 
Well, we're uh, going to get him on the podcast sometime. He, uh, both him and Dustin have been traveling a ton uh, from the sounds of it. So, well, from the sights of it, I've seen him on just about every broadcast I turn on. Yeah, but, they travel a lot. I think they were talking about how they had to go from, you know, Lernerville to somewhere over this way in Illinois, like here recently or something like that. So absolutely. Um, and so we were, we were talking, uh, me, Chris and bloom, uh, and I'm obviously more of a national tour guy, right? I, I like looking at the point standings. I want the best, the best at the track I'm watching stuff at. I want storylines that follow from the week before or the month before, whenever they raced last. Right. Uh, and you know, sometimes these regional shows like can put on better racing and those, uh, it's SLMR and there's an East and West tour and then there's Mars, right? Uh, Mars is a whole different two. Yeah, it's a, di- they're two different ones. Yeah. And then there's two separate tours underneath one, one banner, kind of like you mentioned. So we'll get, we'll get better at it. Maybe I'll assign Chris as the lame model B guy and have him do race reports every night. Here's the deal. What it used to be is the, the Hoker trucking, uh, East series and the Malvern bank West series. It used to be, isn't it still that? Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. They used to be the summer series that used to be the Deary brothers summer series. Um, they, there was a, a late model series that ran out West under the Malvern bank title. Um, and then here recently there was a, the series that ended up is on the Eastern side of the state is where the Deary brothers summer series used to run. They ran a lot of Illinois, Iowa, uh, Northern Missouri kind of tracks, and they ended up buying this whole banner essentially. And so they ended up bought the, the buying the West side as well and creating this super late model series association, I think is what they call it. It's, it's literally a, it's literally called super late model racing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that was like the funniest part of it. Cause I was, I, I was about to spell out the acronym and then I'm like, yeah, there's no mention of series in the name of it, but all right. And so what they did is then they, they split it and created an East series and a West series. They cross over, I think two times a year. And one of them uh, is an invitational they run at Knoxville. So, Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause we watched that race last year at lay model Nats. Yep. So they do uh, they do an invitational at Knoxville at the end of the year, but yeah, that, that summer series is what I grew up on, especially at the state fair when the races were happening at the Iowa state fair. Right. That was the Deary brothers summer series. I'm going to start dipping my feet in the water on that. It's a great series, man. I know a lot of dudes. Well, in that series, actually, um, Kurt Schroeder, Kurt Schrader. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say we got a couple of friends, um, between me. We got to get Kurt on here sometime too. Kurt runs in it. Paul Glendening, who's out of Mount air. Um, Is he related to Luke Glendening from the Dallas stars? I don't think so. Don't we got to ask, well, they have the same last name. So like there's a distant chance. Do you think we could have them take one of the e-harmony tests? Uh, I don't think it's e-harmony. Isn't it like 23 and me or something like that? I could be very wrong. It's not Christian Mingle. I'm just mentioning dating sites now. Yeah. eHarmony is a dating site. Okay. What am I thinking of? You're thinking there's 23 of- and me, but there's an older one, right? Yeah. Ancestry.com. That's what it, Ancestry. Thank you. 
I couldn't think of it. You can tell the amount of vowels in Ancestry and eHarmony. Uh, they're about the same, so don't get mad at me for that one. No, Paul Glendenny, another another guy I watch run a lot. Um, he's from Mount Air. Um, all he, he runs in that that series as well. But the West series runs as far out to I eighty Speedway in Nebraska, and they've got they go to Minnesota at all. Um, I don't think so. I'll look, but I don't. I want to see late models at Jackson. Motorplex. Cool. I don't know how good of a show it would put on, but it's a big track for sprint cars. So I like, yeah. I like that. Can I expand on something from my article while you type yeah. this? Uh, so I, I threw it in at the end and it was a little subtle jab. Uh, but for years, uh, at least the first three or four that I've been kind of hanging around Knoxville Raceway and talking to fans and drivers and learning things. And I, I do, guys, when I go out and report, my first goal is to learn something every every day. It, I mean, it makes, it makes me a much better reporter. Uh, if you got my late model knowledge from two years ago, you'd be pretty pissed off reading my stuff. Uh, and I love, lear- I love learning about it in... Uh, kind of the different, you know, tour series drivers, all that stuff. But for for the seasons that I was around, the excuse I heard as to why no one like the attendance for the Lucas uh, Knoxville Late Model Nationals uh, was low every year, and the excuse I heard was uh, that it's sprint car country, and fans won't turn out to see anything else. Obviously, last year. They had big crowds for SRX, the Camping World Truck Series, and the Lucas Oil Late Model Show. Yep. I was there for two of the three. Is it a Barnstormers game for the third? But it's amazing what happens when you run something that's supposed to be a big event. So that's how you're marketing it. So you got to plan for that, right? Yep. And you run it in the state of Iowa, and you don't run it on the weekend of the Iowa State football game. Weird how that works, right? It's insane. I can I can't believe they went on for so long running that game on Cyhawk Saturday or running that race on Cyhawk Saturday. Like just and I went back and checked like the different years they did it. And it's like, come on. What do you think you're doing? And now Boone Super Nationals are on Cyhawk Saturday. And I'm again at Boone. What are you doing? Super Nationals are always that week. They've been that week longer than the Cyhawk game has been on that week. I no, no way in hell. I'm I'm sorry, no way in hell. You you can look. The Boone Super Nationals have always been the week of Labor Day. I think they need to make it the week before Labor Day. Always been the week of Labor Day. I think, uh, and I said this when I was 13 years old, I developed this take, Damon. It's an age-old take. It's older than the Cyhawk game itself, this take. Okay. Doing something, any event you're planning in the state of Iowa on Cyhawk Saturday is a bad idea if you're planning the event. I also minored in hospitality management, so I have a degree to say that. Kind of. You can consider me like the same degree as someone with the name tag that says pizza expert at Casey's. Yeah, that that makes more sense. (laughs) That lines up a lot more. Hey, if uh, any Iowa State students are listening and you need a uh, minor to help get you uh, a degree, take hospitality management. 
That's okay. Don't yeah. don't tell him you heard it from me. I you I guess you can if you want, but you're just ruining it for the kids uh, after you. So that's how Connor got to graduate. I still learned a lot about managing hotels. Good for you. Yeah. You're out in Vegas. I just need to buy a hotel. You could buy a hotel. I think I might. I think I just might buy a hotel and try to start an extra source of income. You and Brendan Gon's father can be uh, good buddies in the hotel business. Is he a big hotel guy? Brendan Gon's dad? I'm just going to ask him to loan me one. He owns the South Point. I, I thought that was just casinos. Is it hotels too? The South Point? Yeah. It says in the name South Point Hotel and Casino. I didn't know. It was, okay, that's on me then because... I've never seen a South Point. Um, the last time I went to a casino was with my buddy uh, Jacob, uh, and I walked in, and there was this woman with an oxygen tank and a wheelchair smoking a cigarette, uh, playing the penny slot machines. Yep. And then uh, Duke lost to UNC, um, and I just had a bad night. Mm. I walked out with more money than I walked in, but it was stupid. I'd so like. I, well, yeah, it was like 40 bucks. I like casinos in my time. It was 40 bucks and I spent the 40 bucks on my friends. Hey, I've walked out of a lot of casinos in my time where I left with less money than I walked in. No, that's fair. I just, I'd rather gamble with what sports are on. I'd rather put a hundred dollar bet on who's going to win a world of allies race with you sitting on the couch next to me than I would like walk into a casino and play any kind of games they have. I don't know. Casino games are fun when you win. They make a lot of noise and your seat vibrates and shakes and just well, yeah, okay, but okay, so like the computer based or little T V based games, I hate those because it's easy to rig those, right? Okay. Then you go to the people dealing cards. You got a fifty fifty percent chance that you're gonna get like a douche dealer. There's a 50% chance you might not, though. Yeah, you're taking just as much of a gamble as if you're going to enjoy the night as losing money or not. By the time you times 50% times 50%, you're at one one out yeah. of four. That's the whole reason you gamble. That's the whole reason you go to a casino. You're right. <laughs> but uh, to answer your question from earlier, they do not go to uh, Minnesota at all. Dang. So the Malvern Bank Series next race is actually in Stewart on hang on Sunday they run Sunday night in Stewart let's talk let's talk the uh, yeah because that'll be a big race so obviously Lucas Oil late model series is in town Friday and Saturday uh, Farley on Friday night at 300 raceway and then Saturday in Burlington at 34 raceway mm -hmm. there's some time in the history of racetracks where just taking a number and then adding raceway to it was like a really cool thing so that's that's where those come from and then Sunday in Burlington's defense, it is on Highway 34. It is, yeah, that's, yeah, that one makes more. I'm sure the other one's Highway 300 or some BS. No reason, but Burlington's at least is on Highway 34. That's the only national event that track hosts, but Saint, like, that was like the first national event Marshalltown's hosted in like ever. In 30 some years. Ryan Gustin said it was the biggest event they've ever hosted at that track. Yeah, the last time I think they were there was 
like 30 years ago they had a series run there i think the deary brothers might have came in oh, the 2013 brothers, the deary brothers always went there then like, it's, a, it's a different series they were talking corn belt clash yeah that's that's what it's called yeah that the deary brothers series always went to marshalltown and I, I knew as soon as i said it that it was wrong i, I think, think the outlaws there was some type of late model tour there in the 80s i was talking to bobby pierce about that if you watch that video um but yeah so that was cool for them uh and then stewart international speedway is hosting slmr on sunday night it's a bigger money to win race for them i think three grand uh yes three grand uh so that i i know all the slmr guys were excited about that um especially talking to uh charlie mckenna's crew uh, and we're gonna have charlie on tonight on this episode of the pod uh he's fifth in both uh tours for slmr so running pretty well put a big engine in it on uh wednesday night came home with a top 20 with the flow racing night america tour uh and even pulled off a little early he didn't think he was going to be as fast as he was so um it'll be cool to get his perspective because those are guys that just go up there to race with those guys and uh it's it's just a fun night you know he's the uh he's the most recent winner in the malvern bank uh, super late model series too that's right yeah last saturday he picked up a three grand w right. down near me down here in warrensburg so funny the best part about like going to that race and walking around with chris and brent after the stuff got over was that brent was just like in shock talking to me about like how any of these guys make any money yeah and I said, well, you got to factor in sponsorships and they're smart about where they go and they get extra tell money if they run a series. And if you win in the series, you get extra money at the end of the year. And it just results in a lot of guys trying to make a lot of decisions. And it's complicated right now in late model racing. It's insane. Uh, talk about breaking news. Tyler Bruning drops off of the World of Outlaws tour uh, today, Thursday. So if you're listening this Friday, of course. Um, so he cited uh, family issues first, uh, the cost of gasoline, uh, and then I think probably the biggest, you know, difference maker around it is the Hoosier tire shortage. Yeah. He said every bill he gets from Hoosier, it seems like there's another price increase. Between price increase and lack of supplies and you have... It would be one thing if the prices kept going up and the supply issue went down, but it, it has not. And you go to a racetrack and you can use a tire more than three weekends in a row or something like that, or however many some people use them. But you go to a racetrack and you're already down your entire shred by the end of the night, then that tire is a waste. And so you only use one tire per racetrack. Well, that kind of is brutal. Right. And ex uh, excuse me if I don't know who... Uh, first kind of mentioned this to me. I know Ricky Weiss probably mentioned it. I think Charlie might have said something about it, but uh, maybe Bobby Pierce. This like block of memory in my head is so I just moving into this apartment has like completely logged my head. It's just a jam up there. Um, but I would not be surprised both to see well, I'll do the first take the first thing first, but any of these tours like develop a universal compound rule mm. at least for the rest of the season maybe you know for, for a set amount of time 
And Charlie was talking about it in your video with him last night. That's probably what that was. I think they've. I think all three of them mentioned it at one time or another, and that's where it's coming from. But it it makes sense, right? Yeah, makes sense. Why why have three you know three different tires for three different series? It doesn't make any sense to to have different compounds across the entire across the uh, page. Kind of it's kind of frustrating. Uh, especially being a driver, owner, crew member, to have to look through that and fix that. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, the one thing I I noticed too with with Bruning dropping off the tour is the World of Outlaws tour is starting to see drivers that are. I don't want to say this in the worst way possible. They're less proven. Yeah. Or not very good. They just don't have the equipment. You didn't have to say it after I said less proven, Damon. Well, I did. Um, They just don't have the equipment, and yet they're sitting top five in standings or top ten in standings. And you go from promoting this as the – biggest baddest tour in the land to having really nine total cars that are traveling your series on a weekly basis and so that's kind of where the piece that i came up with started from well and i think that's a problem for a lot of them you know we saw kyle larson and jonathan davenport technically dropped off the flow racing tour right to run race XR. The only two tours that are working with each other are race XR and Lucas. Mm-hmm. When two of them do that, you know, you know, Oh geez, gosh, I'm sorry guys. This is terrible podcasting, but all right. When, when two tours are working together and there's like five national and 12, 13 regional tours that you can kind of run with people and, and stuff like that. When that happens, like uh, we're getting into a, we were already in a weird time with how many just unique opportunities there were to make money in different places and not traveling too far from one location to the next. But now we're getting into a time where it's like, okay, are we going to see alliances take over and thrive because race XR and Lucas's deal that XR just moved a race, the Texas race. Um, so not interfere with the Lucas schedule. Like that's going to pay dividends for both those tours. Well, like it, you know, and, and hopefully we can get out the, the piece that I put together for, for that is, is it goes back to having a national touring series and having regionals off of that national touring series where everybody's working together. I think, I think the best thing for, you know, the, the, I don't know, what do you want to call them? The premier three or the the original three, but XR Lucas and world of outlaws. um, I don't logistically think there's that much money to go around, but race xr has race xr that's the series they run on their streaming platform math tv plus has lucas oil and one week of the chili bowl in the off season those are the notable series that are on their platform you know their vision has the sprint cars the extreme midgets the extreme non-wings you know 
is that going to be enough to move the needle and bring all these guys into one merged national tour? I doubt it. I wish it would happen, but I doubt it. I don't think, I don't think the streaming will have any, well, no, I shouldn't say any. Well, once, once uh, one website has to host it, Damon. No, but I don't think the streaming is going to hold bar on a certain on drivers going to one national series. I think the the streaming site is going to have to fight for the rights basically to go to that one national series or whatever. But I don't think as a driver owner or any of that side, I don't think the streaming side has anything to, to really do with them choosing one series over another. And so I'm no, 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 not the drivers. I'm talking about just the t- those three guys and the, those three right. tours merging together. Like the, I guarantee the drivers do not care who's streaming their site. They're just going to tell their select group of fans what site to buy to watch them if it's only going to be on one the majority of the year. The three tours, yes, that's going to be problematic. They'll have to figure something out there. However, you know, I, I still think for the best interest of a, the fan and B the driver and teams, you're better off going down to a one series, one overall series and having the regional series off of it. And then the smaller series that they currently have right now. And the reason I say for the fan side of things, think of how much money that we as fans spend on on streaming services just to watch racing in a year. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and we're jumping the gun on this. Uh, you know, I wish all these leagues merged together. I've done this conversation in arena football for seven years. It doesn't happen, right? Obviously far different, um, but in many ways the same. Um, and I would just suggest to fans, if you guys want to see a uh, national touring late model series that's above all the rest care about points show that you care about the points you obviously do when you're dog on the world of outlaws for whatever reason so go share go show them that you care about the points pay attention to them because that's that's where you get who's running where i hate this like if i'm at the racetrack five nights a week damon yeah in in many ways i could care less who's doing well in the points because I'm there at the track watching the race. I watched a modified in a street stock race the other night, probably for the first night all year. Mm-hmm. For the first night of the calendar year, I watched either, either of those vehicles run races. They're pretty good races. I was entertained. It was fun. You know, I know who won that night. I won't remember it in two months, but I know who won. Mm-hmm. But why can't we, I guess, look at that and say like watching it on TV is like way less satisfying as in terms of like, I don't have points coming into it. I don't know who these drivers are. So I'm just watching a random race. And I hate this like mindset of like, Oh, it's whatever day. I'm just watching this one race from this one series that I don't know anything about. And uh, I just hope that the cars make some cool moves. Uh, maybe someone takes someone out and there's a fight or uh, maybe there's a last lap pass. And that's, that's just, I watch every night and I hope for it every night. And I get it about three nights a year in series. I don't watch or don't know the names of like, I hate that. I don't understand it at all. And maybe I'm weird. And I know, I know I'm 
definitely unique as a race fan but like that's that's the kind of stuff that i'm like how how do you watch racing like this i like you said it goes back to being on hand i don't think it's necessarily built for the people watching at home it's for the people that are at the racetrack I don't think the people that are at the race, or I don't think the, you know, the stock cars and the modifieds and the hobby stocks and all those, I don't think they really care whether or not you're watching at home. It's they're there because there's a purse out there and the people that are in the stands want to see more than just one thing run at a time. You know, that's why you go to a regular weekly show at any other racetrack across the entire country. And you're going to have five series running on a single Saturday night. All right. Well, real, real quick before we bring on uh, Charlie, uh, we got the NASCAR All-Star Race this weekend. Um, also, the World of Outlaws are, are in Ohio for their sprint car series. <clears throat> I'm hiccuping up a storm, dude. Uh, do we do we think Dave Blaney's getting another win this week? <laughs> It'd be cool if Dave Blaney could get another win. It was like cool that. when I heard about it last year. I think I was playing hockey this same weekend, honestly. <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to see it happen. I like Dave Blaney. Um, what, uh, NASCAR's all-star race format seems to throw people for a loop every year, but then you watch the race and you're like, this is not nowhere near as like poorly marketed as the graphic is that has 7,500 words on it. You think, you think it'll deliver? I think it'll be fine. I mean, this year looks pretty damn confusing to the fan. I think that's a problem. You know, yeah, it always does with that graphic. Well, I, I, I think regardless, it's confusing to the fan. I'll break it down. I'm going to do a little race notes doc before I leave for Detroit, and I'll put it out Sunday morning. So go to our Twitter, go to our Facebook. It'll be up there. Um, and I'll try to break it down to make it as simple uh, as can be. Um, the pit stop challenge that they're doing for qualifying is badass. I love it. I got it figured out now because Bob Pockers tweeted about it all day today. And so I, I got it figured out now. Well, thanks for slam dunking on my graphic. I haven't, even, I haven't even made it yet. Yeah, sorry. Bob, Bob, <laughs> Bob had it done on Tuesday. He's just like no regard for Connor. <laughs> Bob had it done on Tuesday. But it, the pit, I, I'm glad that the pit crew challenge kind of thing is back. I wish it was its own separate entity, though. Uh, I need it in an arena football field before a game that'd be sick i think they could do it during you know while they're there for the race do it prior to the race do it you know i won it at night i liked it when they had it in whatever arena they were running it in in charlotte yeah do it that was a that was a cool that was a cool event and i wish we could get that back do it the night before yeah do something in terms of like things i want back that are like racing like events like that like it's probably a little lower on my list than a lot of things but i i do like how they how they did it back in the day and i don't have that many memories of it which is weird um because usually friday nights in the summer i was like watching a truck race i wasn't or i was bringing over friends to watch a truck race so I don't, I don't know why I can't remember too many nights of those, but I mean, we were always that, that week was, <clears throat> we were always playing ball somewhere. So I think I remember Je uh, Jeff Gordon's pit crew being bad in one of them. I think I remember like turning my dad and being like, yeah, typical of them. <laughs> he goes, where'd you learn the word typical dude? You've been saying two syllable words your whole life. 
It's like, Dad, I turned 14. I'm like almost an adult now. They gave me a dictionary. <laughs> I, was on I was on type to learn.com until 2 a.m. last night. I got, I got words. <laughs> they gave me a dictionary and a thesaurus, and all of a sudden I have a vocabulary. <laughs> oh, one of my favorite comments on uh, just anything when people try to mention big words is uh, I just reply and say, Who gave the dumb kid a, th a thesaurus? There you go. I've I've used it a couple of times. I, I don't know how how many likes they got, but nonetheless, um, I'm looking at the slate kind of for the rest of the week right now. All stars are at Wilmot on Friday night, Saturday at Plymouth, um, and then we got uh, oh, and Angel Park on Sunday, of course. Uh, and then we got the uh, USAC non-wing tour headed to uh, Terre Haute. So first race for that track in three weeks, I believe. Mm -hmm. I hope uh, I hope those promoters uh, get that. And that's on my list. I kind of have a list of guests I want to get on now, and hopefully it'll lead to us like regularly having uh, some higher profile guests uh, on the show every week. Because I want to I want to like introduce you guys uh, to people that are way cooler than I am. Uh, or Damon, but he's cooler than me as well, so I'm kind of already doing that. That's fair. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, I, I hope those guys, it's obvious they care about the racetrack, and I want to go back there, and um, I want to go back there for midget week or, or uh, sprint week uh, in the summer, but I specifically want to go back there in a couple years and see uh, what has been uh, done to the place. Because you, I mean, it's, it is literally like you go back in a time machine to 1970, um, when you look at that place and you could tell kind of where they've already made upgrades before the season opener. So that's always cool. And, uh, it's the Tony Holman classic this weekend for them. Maybe that's their thing though. Kind of like Darlington. That's fair, but I mean, you gotta like. It can be historic, but you got to make the upgrades where you need them, right? Yeah, like buildings and stands and stuff like that. Yeah. But everything else can stay. A fence to block a car from hitting you. Well, it seemed to work. That's what I'm saying. It seemed to work pretty well. They don't need it to did. fix that. What's that? They don't need to fix it. They got it. They got the fence, yeah. There's some other stuff they can fix, but I mean, they're they're already doing a great job, and I, I love I love that about them. Do you have anything else you're looking forward to this weekend? I mean, we've we've gotten most of the things. Uh, I would say, you know, Iowa A model racing and uh, the All Star race on Sunday is uh, probably the biggest stuff this weekend. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, the All Star race uh, in prime time again. We'll see if it delivers as the other mile and a half have here so far yeah i think it will you know um there's not much it's it's a banked mile and a half it's not a flat one like phoenix mm -hmm. so it tells me that the next gen car will at least uh provide for a difficult type of thing phoenix is a mile that's fair but it's not a short track right but it's not a mile and a half um, pretend I said intermediate, Damon. Mile and a half track, we've seen success at. 
Texas, Kansas, two miles of California. Sweet success at. You can't even call Atlanta a mile and a half anymore because it runs like a super speedway. Yeah. What's your so, point there? It's not a mile and a half. It's a super speedway. I agree. That's what I'm saying. The mile and a half tracks in previous years have been awful. Some of them. The only, the only races this year have been awful have been uh, the short track at Martinsville, uh, the shorter mile and a half at Phoenix. <laughs> in Richmond, right? Exactly. So it's complete opposite of where we were. I, uh, Bristol Dirt was better. Well, that's, all that's the difference. No, that's the difference maker of the year. Bristol Dirt. Let's go. Crown Jewel. I'm so right on this take. I'm sitting on my throne up here, top of the volcano. Heck yeah. You walked me into that one, Damon. Thank you. It's time to bring on our guest. All right, guys. Next up, Charlie McKenna. All right, guys, we're now joined by a very special guest. He is the driver of the number 2020, almost said the year instead of your car number. We're getting there. The number 22 uh, SLMR late model, um, fifth, top five in both the East and West tour standings right now. It is not Ames native, but living in Ames right now, uh, Charlie McKenna. How's it going, Charlie? Yeah, going really well. How about you? I'm fantastic. I got to watch. Uh, Charlie gave me the Ayrton Jenatin treatment and just let me. Uh, he's like, you can charge your phone in here. You can do whatever. Um, that's about all I need at a racetrack. So I appreciate teams that do that. But I walked up and introduced myself to Charlie and he's like, come on in. Come in our home or make yourself at home. He's very inviting. Um, and then he ran top 20 uh, in the Flow Racing Night of America series after he couldn't get the left front. Uh, tired to sit on the ground still all the way past qualifying so uh, then he held off Devin Moran in the heat race so it was a pretty eventful night for him I was impressed for sure yeah there is a there wasn't a lot of sleep last night a lot of people thinking about what in the hell was going on with that car last night but uh I think we found it so that's uh that's exciting so what do you, can you tell us what you found without revealing secrets to people? Yeah, we're just off on a, we're off on a, uh, there's a measurement that uh, on one car is 18 inches and the other car is 21. So a good buddy of ours from, uh, uh, a, good, a couple good friends, uh, had a few insightful, uh, things there. So we're just off on some load. We think. So. How interesting is it that, you know, cause I, I watch from afar, obviously, and I'm still learning stuff about different series, but I think there's enough drivers and stuff out there that you could learn stuff every day and still not know them. But you've been driving this car for 15, 20 years, and you're still learning things every day about it. I always said this, the longer you race, the more you realize you don't know what you think you know, and you probably shouldn't have had the success that you had understanding what you now understand uh it's uh it's a very very humbling game so that's and which is probably the thing that uh that we like most about her and and the part that i'll probably miss the most too right um is the thinking woulda coulda shoulda and just uh what if we done this and what if we done this and you know you're either wired that way or not and most racers are kind of wired that way you know constantly thinking about 
you know, how to change this and how to change that. And that's just, that's kind of inherent in our DNA. Right. Absolutely. And I think, uh, sorry, Damon was about to ask something I think, before he goes, um, your son, Max, uh, you guys have an interesting dynamic being a father, son, uh, combination working together. He knows the most, how old is he, by the way? Uh, Max is 22. 22. I never got to ask him, but he, you guys work together super well. He knows a ton about the race car. I was really impressed with him and how you guys kind of use that chemistry and work together uh, and got it running better. uh, And then the results show for itself. Yeah. um, We have a really, really neat thing going right now between with Max and Cole and Craig and John and Spencer and Thomas when they can all make it. Um, Yeah. You're only good as your team, right? You know, and everyone that knows or has won races, over the years, it's you're only as good as the team that you've got behind you. And um, luckily, you know, that's my son. And so Max has had some good opportunities to, you know, spend a ton of time with um, some great people that taught him a lot of things along the way. And he's also, you know, he, he grew up with the, doing this, right? Like he was doing tires at the age of 10, 11, 12. And that's now just, you know, progressed and progressed, progressed. And of course he's a, he's a sharp kid and just continues to kind of learn. And we're just constantly thinking and trying things and, you know, we'll go test and we'll go try two or three things that, you know, that he thinks he's going to do. And, and, uh, some of them work real good and some of them should have, but they didn't, you know, at least it's a 50, 50 chance. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, what, what helps is, you know, we, we, um, it, you know, we may disagree. You know, we couldn't even agree on how we wanted to get to Warrensburg, Missouri last week, but at least we agreed on the, uh, on, on the car. You know, it's like, you can't just trust the phone. You have to, you know, you've got to know the roads. You know? Are you, oh, you're a guy that knows the roads. Yeah. I plug my phone in and I go where it tells me to. Yeah. At least if the road's closed, I'm going this way and we're going to figure out a different way now. Oh, we have very, um, high decibel level discussions on how we're going to get there. And, uh, I think the crew guys are like, are you kidding me? This has already started, you know, cause you know, you both got two um, pretty fiery, passionate people that just, uh, you know, just want to do well and, and figure it out. And so it's just, it's just kind of a young bull, old bull. Right. But, uh, no, it just, it's, I'm very, very fortunate. And I'm, you know, obviously when I, um, you know, I'm closer to the end of it than I am um, the beginning of it. And, uh, that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super grateful for what I get to spend this time. I get to spend with him being, um, you know, at the age that he is and he doesn't have a, a family and a career and all that yet. Just, you know, he's got a year left at Iowa state and, um, you know, so we'll, we'll enjoy that while we've got it. So. You were mentioning about, you know, being a little bit off, last night and what you wanted to, to keep that, that left front down, I guess, is there anything you can take from last night running with those guys, knowing those different things to take throughout the rest of your season in particular? Yeah, I think, um, it's just so much different, right? You know, we're, we're running like spec engines, you know, steel, steel blocks and, you know, just the, you know, limited, you know, 600 type, uh, you know, six, six fifty horsepower type stuff. 
um, with hard, you know, D55 compounds, you go to a little bowling like Marshalltown, you bolt on soft, you know, grabby 20s and then throw another 900 horse at it. It's, uh, it's just a, it's a lot different. Sure. Yeah, it's it, it, it's got to be a lot different, and uh, especially the different guys that you're on top of would be another part. I'm guessing too, right? Yeah. One more time on that, Damon. I'm getting a bit of static in my. Yeah, I was Damon. Damon, make sure your mic's plugged in. It's your mic, actually. It's picking it up. Is it? But should I move this back? No, we're good now. Is that better? It's. Shaky at best. No, it's no, it's good again. So, all right. no, all, all I was saying was, you know, facing with some of those guys from, you know, from the different series that came in, you know, getting to see Gustin, getting to see Herb, and all those kind of guys. Uh, were you able to pick up anything with with them as well? You know, just talking with them and, and reading the track and and stuff like that. Yeah, I think. Um... I just think the thing that helps them a bunch is they get to do it, you know, several, three, four, five nights a week. And what helps us is uh, welcome to Marshalltown. We know that track. We know how to open up entry. We know where, you know, and, and somehow it held on up top. But typically, you know, you can, you usually get around Marshalltown up top early but that race will be won on the tires down at the bottom. And for a little while, you know, we were moving forward and I thought there was going to be a chance of, uh, of that was going to be the case, but I mean, what a, what an awesome racetrack and a great event. And they, I mean, you just, you know, people kind of raced all over that thing. And, and so it was just a, you know, a tremendous su- success and it's great to have um, open late models back in, you know, open late models in Iowa and be able to showcase that for everyone, I think was, was a neat event. So thank you, uh, Charlie. If you listen back to the first part of our podcast, it'll come out probably tomorrow morning. Um, but I did a big rant, not Damon's going to tell you, it's not my biggest rant, uh, but it's amazing what happens to the national late model scene in the state of Iowa. When you got four different touring series, um, that are all national, uh, bringing, you know, top talent to it. And then on top of it, you know, your flagship event at Knoxville every year isn't on the day of the Iowa state game. Mm-hmm. It's crazy what happens to attendance at that event when, mm-hmm. when that happens. Right. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, I just think, um, we just have such a neat, uh, you know, we've just got a really, really neat sport. And, you know, you hear a lot of people say, you know, this, this dirt late models is kind of where NASCAR was at back in the eighties. You know, there was still access and availability, you know, to the, to the drivers and the teams, but you know, the, the truth is the, the dollars it takes to, to really compete and the technology that it takes, um, it, it's continuing to be a challenge and, you know, sponsorship is a very, very key, um, component to all of those, you know, high level teams, right. And, you know, the ability to, to get up and down the road, and especially with $5 diesel fuel and tire shortages and all those challenges, you know, it's going to be, um, it's definitely a challenge for our sport right now. So. And obviously looking back on that, um, no one anticipated, uh, I guess, maybe looking back eight months ago for gas prices to be this much of an issue or the Hoosier tire shortage to still be going on. Um, but you looked at all the schedules coming out and you're like, wow, 
there's a lot of money to be had in the late model scene right now. I can see why a lot of the winged guys that I know that race sprint cars are jumping in a late model at least a few weekends of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just think, you know, it was one of the decisions that, you know, we made last night as soon as we got a layover flag, you know, it's time to pull that thing in the infield because we just, if um, you're not going to be in, be the show or, you know, let's just get out of the way of it. And, um, the other thing is, is we just didn't need to put the laps on the motor and, and what have you. There's plenty of money to be won yet. We knew we didn't unload where we needed to. And, um, you know, we, luckily we made the show, got our pay, move on to the next day, you know, live to see another day. And for us, you know, hopefully that's far away tomorrow night. So you were, you talked with Connor before the race and got to watch that video through social medias last night you go back to the money side of things and obviously you don't have to give us the whole details, but being a, you know, a family owned type team, not having, you know, the big corporate type sponsors, not running the, the national series one on one side, what does a a race like last night do for a team like yours, but also, you know, the costs and, and the tire shortage and everything for you guys, the challenges you have to face on the other hand, basically. Yeah, I just think, um, you know, for a small team like us, you know, we have to be, we just have to be really, really careful, right? Like we cannot take the extra, you know, the extra risk or extra challenges where you might've squeezed something in a hole or an opening or something like that. It's just like, yeah, we're limited on the risks that we're able to, to take. Whereas if you had two, three, four cars sitting back, you know, at the shop where you could just, oh, not a big deal, next man up roll it, roll it in the trailer and away you go. Um, you know, but I, I, so I think, um, I think that those are definitely the challenges for us. And so what we have is what we have and we need to take care of what we have. And otherwise, you know, we'll be sitting, uh, we'll be sitting in the stands and, or watching, you know, watching from home. And, and so, um, I think those are, are definitely the challenges. And then again, just, you know, finding, having enough, good help and good people. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the key to a great program right now and, and because you just can't do this game by yourself. And that was another observation I had is you guys were the perfect balance between work and fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, uh, all we got. I mean, all literally your entire crew was fantastic to me. I was like blown away by that. I, I look at, I, kind of watch what people do more than others. And obviously, you know, everyone has a first impression or anything, but like you could not have made a better one on me, honestly, like your crew was fantastic. Yeah. We've got some, that, that show just worked out really good because, you know, I I grew up in the Benton area. And so, you know, I had some nephews that are able to make it down and, you know, we don't, when you get kind of racing all over, you know, the SLMR, you know, things everywhere. Right. So you're, you know, you're just all over between the East and the West and it's hard for them to, you know, it's not like we're at independence or we're at, you know, Vinton every Sunday. Um, so it's nice that they could, um, you know, that they could make it. And, and so that was a nice surprise. And then, you know, of course, Thomas and Spencer, you know, Thomas was with us, you know, way before it got fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, you know, he's just been with us for a long time. And so that was close to home for him for, um, to be able to catch a race and, and what have you. And then Spencer worked out for him now to, to catch some of the close to home ones, you know, cause he's married and his life's changed as well. So it's just, uh, 
you know, you just see the the ebbs and flows of it, but yet, you know, you look at the really great teams, right? You know, the Tads, the Kyle Burks, what have you, and they just got, you know, they've just got good people around them and, and helping, hey, what did you see? What did you see? And and making those observations and those adjustments is is really the the key to the whole thing. So Thomas, by the way, a real badass demeanor about him. One more time. Thomas, Thomas has a real badass demeanor. I like that. <laughs> Damon wasn't there to see it. I wish he was there to back me up on this. You just know if if you're ever gonna get in a fight, that guy's gonna be just as badass as you are. He's gonna be right there. Yeah. <laughs> if Bruning if Bruning had come over to your pits and you didn't see him when we passed him in the stands. Thomas would have taken care of it. I know that for a fact. Uh, we try not to do too many stupid things uh, that gets us into uh, um, conversation. Hey, your, your mouth, so, playing hockey as long as I have, your mouth is a better weapon than the first punch. <laughs> Every single time. I have the biggest mouth on my team since I was in high school, and one of my coaches was like, dude, you can barely skate. I started ice skating in like seventh grade. So I'm like a freshman playing on this team. And my coach was like, you can barely skate. You're huge. Kids will just run into you. Just start yelling at them and get them to hit you in the leg. And then they'll get a penalty and we'll be five on four. And it's, I've never gotten in a one-on-one fight in my life. And I have the biggest mouth on the rink. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Tell Thomas to start chirping some more people. We'll get some good videos out and we'll go from there. He's never short on, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. We, we should literally make a top 10 Thomasisms. <laughs> we'll get him up. We'll, we'll have you on again after your next uh, win. So that'll give you some more motivation there. Um, we'll have both you guys on at the same time and we'll do that. That sounds great. <laughs> so, so on the on the SLMR deal, you know, that basically for someone who grew up in the state of Iowa, in layman's terms, that's essentially now what the the Deary Brothers Summer Series was. Am I not mistaken? Yep, it, it really is. It's 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 evolved in uh, you know, especially on the east side. So that you know, the hooker side is you know what you're, you're going to think of all the old uh, Deary cars. Um, you know, and then of course the Malvern side of that SLMR, you know, you always saw it as kind of like the Kyle Burke fundraiser, right. <laughs> you know, or, yeah. you know, especially races at Corning, right. Yep. <laughs> you yes. know? Um, you know, so, um, I always joked about that anyhow, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's kind of cool that, you know, the rules are, you know, really merged up and united. And and so, so now you look at us, you know, we're in Ames, you get Daryl the France, you get a, you know, Kurt Schroeder, you know, we're able to go East and West pretty, you know, with, with a lot of ease and, and catch some great paying events. You know, we're looking, you know, at 400 to start, you know, through two, three, or a three to five to, you know, a 10,000 win at the Yankee or something like that. Um, you know, we're just very, very fortunate that the Kasiskis and Malverns and Hokers have invested in late model racing like they have. And it's just a, it, it's a good set of rules. It's a good, 
it's a great series and you really don't know who's going to win. I mean, like, especially on the East, you know, I think there's, um, there's probably a 12 or, or 15 guys that could win any night on the East East side. You, you really don't know. Um, West side, maybe, um, a, you know, a few less that, you know, that, that win every time, but, but still, um, the top end is there. So if you can get a win in the West, it's it, it certainly, you know, very, you know, it definitely means a lot. So for sure. So, you know, I come from, from Osceola, I worked at in Creston. And so we've been over to Corning and been over to the Adams County Speedway a couple of different times. Um, yeah. Kyle Burke and uh, saw those kind of guys. And, and you mentioned like Daryl DeFrance and, you know, uh, the Todd Cooney's of the world and Jeff Akey and all those kind of guys in the summer series. It's kind of cool to see you guys, cross over a few times and and you mentioned the fact that you're right down the middle and so you get a basically you're saying you kind of get to choose which way you want to go and kind of chase the money within the series i guess basically yeah i mean there's just enough nights for us to um to stay plenty busy and and you know when you've got people working their butt off putting a series on you know Guys, we're going to be looking back on these days. You know, gosh, remember when the Malvern series was going? You know, and the Consistees did all that and put all that time and work and energy into, and now it's gone. And luckily, you know, luckily we've got a family like the Consistees with all of their tradition and history that have done so many great things for this sport. Um, you know, luckily that's still going, but you know, someday, someday it won't. You know, people right. get busy and you know run out of. Um, you know, uh, it's time and people to help work with the thing, you know, but, um, so we got to take advantage of it while we still can. So I'm, I feel very fortunate that way. otherwise, you know, you're looking at trying to run against, uh, that Marshall town, you know, that crowd that we ran against last night and you right. got some money and diesel and, you know, and you can just burn yourself out and take a, take a ton of fun out of it too, you know? So it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough game. I know this is going to sound like a stupid question. Um, not that I'm asking if it's realistic or not, but would you like to do something like Bobby Pierce kind of does and race around the Midwest and race at a top super late model? Yeah. I just can't do it anymore. You know, that's just, uh, that's just not really, um, you know, we like to run, you know, 10, 10 of those 10, 12 of those a year, you know, we'll support the ones that come close to home, but right now we're full court on, um, you know, so we'll go to Boone, you know, we'll do the world of outlaw. We'd love to slip up the deer Creek or something if they don't have a conflict or, you know, you know, stay, stay close to home. But like our allegiance right now, we're just locked in Malvern bank, Coker, Coker series. We're going to run those for points. You know, the, the payback's pretty dang decent. That's nice to get those checks in December. I think we got third and third last year and hopefully we can improve upon that uh, for this season. Yeah, that's fair. That's respectable. Um, at least you got, you know, where your head's at and where, you know, things are going. It's all figured out. It's one less decision to make and probably 17 less when you start running like uh, the schedules that those guys run. Man, it's, uh, it's crazy. And just with my, with my work schedule, um, you know, we're, you know, super busy, um, it's just hard to, it's to balance much more than that. So, I heard, I heard Max talking about the car he drives. Do you envision him taking over? Yeah, I do. I, I would like to see that day. Um, you know, I can see a day in the future where maybe I'll run the West. He runs the East and, and do something like that or, or vice versa. So I can kind of see those a day like that, maybe come in and maybe I run the East and he runs the West. Do they not conflict at all? 
I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I That's awesome. That's how you should run your stuff. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Now, okay. I do have a couple of big topics we need to get to. Um, real, quick, things, real quick. I do want to ask one before we go. These are things I feel strongly about Damon and you're stepping on my toes here. I, I'm sorry. Cause I know your questions are, are going to be off the rails. I just have a feeling <laughs> we're to that point. We're to that point in the interview. So um, I save it. I at least save it. Hey, I'm, I'm glad you saved it. Now I just want to put one more in there real quick, but between the two separate series, is there, is there a track in there that you really enjoy going to or looking forward to go to this year? Um, we like Stuart. Uh, I like Fort Dodge, mm-hmm. um, you know, not a traditional late model track. You know what I mean? I still have a soft spot in my heart for Farley. It hasn't been that good to us lately, but I, I like, uh, I like Farley. I don't know. You know, you, you know how it is. You always like the tracks you've run good at historically, right? Um, we do like. Um, it, it seems like. Is that why Brad Sweet doesn't like Bristol? <laughs> I had to throw. I had to throw it out there. I think. Um, I think our program right now though is just better on the uh, on the short track stuff. Just you know, quarters or you know, three eighths and quarters. Then we are half mile. And if you would ask me that ten years ago, you know, I would have said we're we're just a half mile. We just like half miles, and we don't like quarter miles. But there was a there's an old racer that um his name was Kurt Hansen, um, Bobby Hansen's dad. And Kurt talked to me one time, and he said to me, Charlie, you should always race a quarter mile track once a week because it just makes you better. He goes those half miles, you know, you just kind of he says, if you want your stuff good, you'll always try to find a quarter mile track. Um, it, 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 that was kind of the, the takeaway of it. And, you know, I think he's right. And it just, if your stuff works good on a quarter mile, usually it'll, uh, it'll go back to a half mile. So I'm sure. Okay. Well, to, Bobby Hansen is not the Chicago Bulls player. I'm at, I'm at Iowa Speedway when I was nine years old. <laughs> no, different one. I, I answered my question myself there. <laughs> All right, where where do you stand? Um, I know you're you're a late model guy through and through. So where do you stand on inverts in racing? Um, do you want me to give you my opinion first? Is that easier for you? Oh no, I like I've got it. I already I already have it. You go for it then. Kasiski's got it right. What's his What's his format? Six yeah. flip six top six, um, top six uh, flip. Joe's absolutely got it right. Puts so on you, you run the show and then you flip the top six in the A-man? Time, tar- time trial them. If you have um, somebody that's just way underpowered, way off, um, they're going to start, um, you know, if they've just missed something, they're going to start seven, eight, ninth, tenth in the heat. And then you're going to see passing. If you come to a, a, a SLMR show, you are going to see passing. Okay. And, um, and then um, you don't have to win the heat. I mean, you just have to move forward um, to, you know, to accumulate points. Do they run passing points? Well, technically, I, I, yeah, I should have read the rules if I was going to get tough questions like this. I'm so, I, sorry, to, sorry to grill you like this. Yeah. We have a general understanding of what we need to accomplish. We just need to be fast every time. we're Right. <laughs> That's what we main thing we try to do. Just See, if I, and now, if I'm in your pit, I'll crunch the numbers and say like, you got to get fourth or you're pretty screwed. Yeah. We're usually, um, we're usually paying attention to like where we start at 
you know, if we're starting, let's say we weren't in the fast, you know, a couple times, we're not starting sixth, fifth or fourth. We're like, okay, where did the other third place cars in the other heats start at? Did they go forward or did they go backwards? You know, cause you're kind of measuring, um, off of that. And at the end of the day, just go fast, go forward every time and it'll take care of itself. But I really, really think they don't get enough credit. People are confused by it or don't understand it. It is very hard to explain to some people, but the general concept is, you know, fastest guys starting sixth, you know, six, six, and then fifth, 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 fourth, 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 and, and then move their way forward. And you can accumulate points as you move forward. And so by starting six, that gives you a good opportunity to, you know, to move forward. Um, you know, so I just think they have it right. The, we have to be more conscientious of the product that we're putting out and we've got to make something that's really exciting to watch. And I think the SMR stuff provides the, the passing and the excitement. Um, I don't think fastest Colt car starting on the pole every night is, um, I don't know. It can't be that much fun to watch. It just, no, that's, that's fair. I I loved how you put it because some of the things I think of when I watch inverts, I grew up a NASCAR fan, right? So I'm watching, they qualify on Saturday, the fastest car starts first on Sunday and they got 400 laps to figure out the rest. And Mm -hmm. you know, that usually works, right? Unless you got the uh, 550 package that me and Damon bitched about for 17 episodes in a row. Mm -hmm. You think I'm lying. It's, it was seriously, it was the main topic like leaning off every week. Um, So I, I don't like inverts because of some of the things you brought up, like how confusing it is watching from the stands. Like you got to have a phone with an internet connection to see who's where, why, why they're there. And usually it's not explained to you. You know, you got to be a diehard to figure out why this guy's starting here and why this guy's starting there. And luckily, obviously in dirt racing, there's a lot more passing going on. And that's exciting in its own to the fans. Um, I think there's a, I think there's like a good entertainment value on who wins the first heat race is going to start in the pole, the main event or start in the go to the dash, um, like the sprint cars do, um, in the world of Alice at least. Uh, and obviously there's so many different formulas and combinations and the one you laid out uh that's the slmr one i'm guessing right mm-hmm. yeah so and i was talking to damon i'm gonna get my feet wet in slmr racing i know three drivers now from it so i got i got people to cheer for and people to watch every week so i'll uh get more versed in that but ricky weiss put it really good we, we came to a compromise that if you invert um four you have to transfer four if you invert six you got to transfer six if you're going to invert eight you got to transfer eight so as long as you don't move backwards you're transferring into the main show and if you're going to have an invert i don't care if you have passing points i'd like to not have either because i have a simple mind and if i got to put on a spreadsheet to figure out where you're starting the a i'll do it but i won't like doing it I can appreciate that. Uh, I can appreciate that perspective. I just, um, we just, um, like we just go, like we enjoy going to SMR shows because we know we're in charge 
of our own destiny. Yeah, and, and who's running? Who's running the series has a massive um, impact, kind of on what drivers run their tour. You know, if they enjoy running there, you know, we saw. I'm not trying to blow the Kyle Larson thing more out of proportion than it was already blown because he said on the day after that he's like, I overreact and I love the world of allies. But when you have guys that don't like running with this series or that series, and I don't, I'm not literally not bringing anyone up, but that makes a big difference. If people love running with your tour, they're more than likely going to keep running with your tour unless they got to make a 15 hour drive from Marshalltown to Pennsylvania overnight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, that had to have been brutal. Um, they, yeah, yeah. It just, it rewards, it rewards loyalty. It rewards understanding, understanding that the, um, the process, um, you know, that, that's what I would say about it. And, you know, we're just in charge of our, own, you know, our, our own destiny so much more. I feel like, um, with this, with this process. So, I mean, we know that we need to go cut a lap to then be able to start sixth in the heat. And then we know if we pass a car or two in the heat, that that's probably going to get us in the top six starting spots. And then the thing else that, that I really like about it is whoever won the last race, they're starting sixth, you know, so like we know we're starting sixth more than likely on Sunday night at Stewart would be the best starting spot we could hope for. However, if one new guy pulls into the, to the pits that wasn't at the last race and he would make the top six in passing points, he starts sixth. Um, and then, I, you know, we would get bumped up to fifth or what have you. So it sort of rewards you for, you know, go to the last race, look at Warrensburg. We weren't at the, you know, or we ran terrible at I 80 the very first night. And that's why we started on the pool at Warrensburg, um, you know, cause it's an invert of those top six cars, Connor. And so it makes it, you should get a lot of different, um, you should get a lot of different winners. It should provide, you know, some, um, good, you know, good uniform. You're just going to see a lot of different winners is what I think you're going to see. So. Absolutely. All right. My next, my next one is probably less deep. I'm probably more passionate about it. Okay. So if you could pick one name for a B main, would you call it the B main or the last chance showdown? <laughs> oh man. So if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, it's the race that you run before the A main. Some folks don't want to call it the B main. I don't know. That it's might be an entertainment thing, but it's it's a B. All right, I love Charlie. He's he's top five driver of all time in my book. Let's call it, it what it is. It's a B. You're tied with fourth for, with Kyle Larson until I hear his opinion <laughs> on the same question. In which case he might drop below you, but <laughs> what's he say? Is he a B man? I, I haven't. I've never gotten the chance to ask him about it because it's such an off the wall question that I want to ask him on his podcast debut here when that ever comes, we're going to get enough followers. We're, we're going to get there. there he's such dude. He's such a nice guy to talk to an interview. Like it's obviously people have had their opinions of him in April of 2020. And for six months, anytime I mentioned him, 
in a story about a story, something he said, interviewed him, he was made out to be this villainous character by a select few people. And some people are going to politize, politicize that. Um, But for real, I've never met uh, or interviewed a race car driver that uh, is as like time awarding to someone as Kyle Larson is. Um, There's a video of him uh, doing an interview with me at Bristol after, uh, after he said what he said on dirt vision. So they didn't have microphones, you know, pointing inside at the track. They had it pointing out at the stands. So the whole, I didn't hear any of his quotes until after I talked to him. And the only time I've ever seen the guy deny someone an autograph, he told the dude like, and it's on the video. He's like, go away. I'm busy because he's sitting there interviewing with my dumbass from Des Moines, Iowa that drove to Tennessee to talk to him. So I thought that was super cool. And he's, he's like the least fake driver out there. It's, it's insane. Just the amount of like awareness and talent he has at the same time. Yeah. He's- and obviously you got a lot of those in dirt racing. You got a lot of people that would do that, but it's easy for a guy that has as much talent and results as he has to not be like that. Yeah. Yep. I would agree. Um, seems to, yeah, I haven't met him. Um, haven't been, you know, too many conversations with him, but it seems like a pretty good dude. It seems like he does things right. Absolutely. If you beat him in a heat race, you'll have to talk to him. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't, if you have four racing and you didn't watch the race on Wednesday, go back and watch Charlie holding off Devin Moran. Cause <laughs> I'm not going to say he made him his bitch, but I might as well. No, Devin, uh, Devin's got a good program and he's running really good right now. So. For sure. Damon, do you have any more before I'll, 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 I got the last question. Do you have any more Damon, any more debate questions? I don't think so. Not, not that I can think of now. Okay. I thought of another one. So we actually have two. Charlie, if you could drive any car and these are, mo- these are questions we ask most drivers. So any car uh, or vehicle that is unconventional, say like a monster truck, a uh, drag racing speedboat, um, snowmobile, snowmobile go-kart, uh, jumping go-kart, uh, stadium, super truck. Hmm. What would it be? Gosh, that's a good question. Um, so I do like, uh, I like to go riding sleds in the mountains. Um, so I'm a mountain snowmobiler. So you got the Articat shirt on there. Are we going to see you in the flow racing snowmobile series at some point? <laughs> I, um, I'll go up there and be your crew chief. If Max won't do it, I'll do it for you. <laughs> I, um, I always like the sleds. I think, um, I think it would be fun to jump in those uh, those dirt trucks and you know run run through those those longer road courses or something like that. I think that'd be kind of um, kind of fascinating. Really, never been to any of those uh, never been to any of those events or what have you. And then I'm also intrigued by like that Jackson Hill climb where they climb those snowmobiles, you know, just up the the deep and the steep and it's kind of a race to the top. I'm like, damn, I think I could do that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. That sounds like the movie Speed Racer. I got a friend that loves the movie. Uh, he's sitting on my couch right now, just walked in actually. So, <laughs> uh, The last one, and you, you don't have to comment. Just keep that in mind here. We ask every driver this. Um, if you could fight one other late model driver, who would it be and why? <laughs> 
Gosh, let me think about that. He's got a he's got a list. He just doesn't know which one to pick first. Oh, the best the best thing is is we usually get we usually get great answers after we stop recording. Oh gosh. We have gotten a lot of good answers after <laughs> who the heck would that be? Um People that wreck our stuff usually, right? Like you, you know, you just think, you know, you just have an axe to grind with them, or or what, you know, what have you. Um, just I don't know. It's just it's just you, more fun. Just you don't have to bring up their names, but have you had any any run-ins like that where you know you had a guy that's hit you twice in the last couple of weeks, and you're like, I got to watch out for that guy, or I'm going to put it to him if he comes close to me. You know, probably back more in the mod days, back in the day. You know, you just uh. You just had your challenges and you're like, you know, you're this young guy coming up. Right. And it's like, so how long do you stand your ground for? Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, the nickname charging is like the old bull and we just like, so we're not really going to get bullied by anyone. Cause we'll, you're, you know, you're just like, you try to give, you know, you get what you give and you try to race everybody as clean as you can. And well, when you, you got know, Thomas you in your pit, like then you're set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah you, know, so, you know, throw me and max in there at the same time and you got four guys that can throw down anytime <laughs> so i don't know we just like we haven't been in into too many uh too many fights or uh, too many disagreements i guess you know just uh we've done really well with sponsors and stuff connor and and so that's important to us right like trying to do it the right way that matters to us and yeah, and you you look at guys that that aren't composed like you. Um, at least from what I've seen, I'm gonna go do some highlight tape searching. <laughs> but uh, like Kyle Busch right now, Kyle Busch is having trouble finding a sponsor, and he's arguably the most talented. I wouldn't even say arguably, right, Damon? He's the most talented free agent next year in the Cup oh, Series. Sure, hands up. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you got guys like that, and it's like you know how much is that impacting that sponsorship sponsorship search and how much is Joe Gibbs sponsorship finder, uh, failing at their job? Right. Right. That it's, um, he, I've always wondered how he kept them as long as he did. Right. And, um, I think at the end of the day, it's just like, all right, this guy's good. And at the very least, our logo is going to be all over the TV. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, something that's marketed in value it seems like it's valued so if it if it's kyle bush on tv with your logo on him uh bitching at nascar because they don't throw a yellow flag and then seven cars spin out when it rains and his day ends early and he's bitching at nascar about it and you know you got damon freddie Kraft uh calling him a bitch on a podcast the week afterwards uh for being completely right you know, what's, where's the balance of like my logos on TV and the driver is just yelling at the series. Like, you know, that can be viewed as negative, but your whole marketing deal is viewed as like, Hey, your logos on TV, there's going to be memes made of Kyle Bush just going like this. Um, in your logo is going to be on it. Like, I, I think there's like value there. I don't think he's as hard to sell as people make it out to be. Yeah. 
Yeah. When you throw that and I I look at it, the company that he was with that's leaving, you know, the the Mars company, you think of candy bars being synonymous with kids. And so to be, you know, on the opposite side of what you're saying, Connor, is, you know, as a parent, you're not too pleased to see the guy on television that your kid's watching that is eating a package of of M&Ms fighting some other guy or talking bad about something else. So you think on the opposite side of what you're saying, you know, that kind of pulls away the sponsorship, I would say. Real quick, Damon, does I've been meaning to ask you this. Does Mars make Reese's peanut butter cups? No. Good. Okay. I will be not buying any more Mars products the rest of my life since they're pulling out. There you go. I can't support that. <laughs> I can't I say I don't blame you. <laughs> I think the biggest uh, the biggest challenge is, you know, when you look at the sponsorship thing, you know, we've got to get the youth involved in our sport, right? And you know, where's the next? You know, where are the next drivers coming from? And so it's just as the as you know, costs continue to escalate and what have you. You know, you, right now you've got to be really really good at your day job um to you know be able to play this game and you know so you've got to take that super serious and um it's a challenge because we need to get more youth into the sport and you know we're not going to have any you know any dirt late models to watch racing around you know and so as you see all these young kids you know look at you know huddy and what have you you know man he's you know, he's put together quite a few there's there's a lot of people and, and sponsorship involved in that and so the neat thing is is you know the dirt fans are very very loyal and do try to um you know support you know so i think we're going to continue to grow as a sport and getting better at um the marketing portion of it and you know, and along with that you know it's 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 business okay and so now we do need to kind of um, think about the way we conduct ourselves and, you know, how we act uh, on and off the track and, you know, want people to want to be associated with us. And, you know, that's, that's certainly important to any of the, any of the guys that are on, on the side of our car. So I don't think I mentioned this to you yesterday, uh, but so I was in college, uh, Iowa state and I had some friends that are planning on going to the hardware store, um, buy some stuff, fix some stuff around the house in the summer. They're like, oh, well, we can just head to Home Depot. And I was like, fuck that. And they're like, what do you mean? What do you got against Home Depot? I said, let's go to Lowe's. They're on a NASCAR. Yeah. Yeah. And they looked at me like I was stupid. I was like, you don't do that like with your favorite sports? And they're like, no, like not whatsoever, not even a little bit. And it's like racing fans are the only like people that will like support the sponsors. And like I tell people that when I'm selling stuff to them and it's like that's you know, you have fan bases and you have some that care and you have some that couldn't care less. They, they watch the product on the field, but racing fans are a different breed and they'll, they'll support anyone that supports their favorite sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a big difference. And, you know, that's the thing that makes this whole thing work because they realize that without that, you know, they don't get to watch, you know, get to watch the races. So it's, they, they go hand in hand. Do you want to shout out your sponsors before we let you go? Yeah, I've just been really fortunate to work for a company that believes in me with my yield, uh, seed treaters and seed treatment products. And we work with farmers across the country doing that. And so it's been neat just meeting different farmers along the way. 
um, at a lot of the different tracks that we get to go to. Uh, I've got Can-Am on board. Christy Door Company has been on board. Performance Bodies has been wonderful to us. Um, Mars Race Cars, Integra Shocks, uh, CMD. Uh, we've, we've got a good package going with all of those guys. Swift Springs, especially. Uh, dynamic drive lines with the drive shafts. All of those folks have been uh, really stepped up and, and um, helped get our program, you know, where, where it needs to be. So. For sure. And you guys, uh, if you want to learn more about Charlie, you can go to chargingcharlie22.com. Uh, it's charging without the last G and then Charlie spelled like you think it is. And then the number 22. Uh, so I hope I got that out right. And uh, yeah, give give him a look. If you go to a SLMR race, he's probably the nicest guy in the pits. I know Kurt's going to be vying for that title between you and him. Uh, but at least at least one of you two is going to be up there. <laughs> Absolutely, and both I both yeah, Iowa State guys, both both Cyclone fanatic and Chris Williams fans. So uh, we appreciate that, and uh, everyone that follows our stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for taking the time, Charlie. We'll uh, we'll hit stop and all that. But uh, y'all enjoy the weekend uh, out there listening to the pod. Um, watch some late models, watch some sprint cars, and uh, the All Star race is Sunday night. Uh, along with you guys at store, right? Stewart on Sunday. Yeah. Webster city, uh, Webster city, Saturday, Stewart on Sunday, hopefully Farley Friday, if it doesn't rain tomorrow. So Lucas will up there and be good. Should be a fun weekend. All right. Appreciate y'all.